Greetings and welcome to the Logical Belief Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Jason Mullett. You can visit our website at logicalbelief.org. You can watch these podcasts on YouTube. You can search for and subscribe to our channel there. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes. Um, you can just search for Logical Belief, uh, subscribe to our iTunes feed, and uh, get updated that way. Uh, both the audio and video, however, can be found at our website. Just go to the website, logicalbelief.org. Up at the top menu bar to the far right, you're going to see podcast. Just click on that. Uh, you'll see both the video and the audio there. Um, if you want to send me a word of encouragement or you have a question that you want to have answered on the air, you can just drop me an email at jason at logicalbelief.org. Uh, just be aware, however, by emailing me, you are giving me permission to read it on the air. Alrighty. Uh, well, for today, um, we're going to have kind of a variety of different topics. We're going to be jumping around. Uh, we don't really have anything that we're exactly focusing on. <clears throat> and uh, uh, before I forget, I had a couple uh, emails and a couple comments I wanted to uh, uh, make note of. Uh, some of you emailed me uh, some encouragement, and I appreciate that, um, encouraging me to continue on uh, with this, and that's been helpful to you. And uh, some of you noted that uh, I need more exposure. Okay, well, that's your job. If you guys want to, if you guys want my podcast and uh, this ministry to become uh, more beneficial to to other people out there, you know, please like, share, um, Facebook, Twitter, um, make comments on iTunes. Uh, those are the different things that are going to really help uh, this um, ministry grow and become more beneficial to other people. So that's what I would encourage you guys to do. So, but, uh, thank you for those emails. I do appreciate those. Um, also I did have somebody also ask me, um, uh, about these pictures, uh, behind me here in my, my studio, um, who exactly are these people? Um, <clears throat> some of you I'm sure probably recognize, uh, the different individuals back here. But, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, I will go ahead and I'll just let you know who's here. Um, over here to my left, right here, this is um, this is Athanasius. Um, he is was a defender in the early church of the um, of the triune nature of God against the heresy of Arianism. So I have these individuals back here to remind me <laughs> to. Uh, that uh, on my podcast that the thing of utmost importance for me here is to glorify God in doing so. <clears throat> I need to be orthodox in what I uh, talk about and what I say. And so these guys are back here to remind me because uh, all of these men back here uh, champion orthodox Christianity. And so they're here to remind me of that. Uh, the next guy um, right here, uh, this is Augustine. Uh, Augustine was a defender of um, God's grace and salvation against the was known as the Pelagian heresy or Pelagius. Um, the next guy here um, is uh, many of you probably recognize him. That's Charles Spurgeon. <coughs> um, he is uh, a reminder to me about uh, <coughs> once again God's sovereignty and salvation, and also um, uh, my Reformed Baptist beliefs. And then we got um, one of the greatest theologians of all time, John Calvin, um, one of the uh, 
magisterial reformers of uh, the Reformation time. Um, he's there to remind me to remain orthodox in my theology. So, <laughs> so those are who these individuals are uh, behind me. So that way, for those of you who are wondering, that's who they are. I also have the five solas uh, of the Reformation right here behind my head also, um, just as a reminder for me. So, um, oh, uh, before I forget, I do want to also... Um, <clears throat> let you guys know that uh, Wojciech uh, has another article um, on the website and this would also this would be his first article was about um, um, Islam and his uh, his next one that he posted uh, was about uh, in addressing the Jehovah's Witnesses and he approaches it um, the, the article's entitled uh, God Jehovah let me switch it here so you can see his article here. Um, and uh, he, uh, in his article, he uses all uh, the scripture that he uses is from the Jehovah's Witnesses New World Translation. And he has a really interesting approach, which I, I really like. And I'm, I'm going to have to use this um, um, the next time I talk to some Jehovah's Witnesses. But he goes through the scripture in the Old Testament. And demonstrates clearly that Yahweh or Jehovah is our Savior and our only Savior. And then he goes through and demonstrates in the New Testament that Jesus Christ is also our Savior. And so it's a <clears throat> it's a really powerful display of, once again, the deity of Christ, which is one of the main things that the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses would attack. And once again, that's why I have Athanasius right here. A defender of the deity of Christ also. So that's what we want to do here at Logical Belief is we want to defend um, our belief that Jesus Christ is God against uh, Arian heresies, which uh, that's what Jehovah's Witnesses are. So great article. Um, this would, uh, I hope, would be of great benefit to you in your discussions with Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, also, before I forget, um, <clears throat> I did this last Tuesday and, um, had an opportunity to um, to speak to uh, to Mormons. Um, I had uh, been over the last several months. Uh, I, I've talked to some Mormons in the past. Just met them on the street um, uh, when we were out uh, passing out some tracks and doing some street witnessing. Um, but um, I had been uh, chatting with uh, some Mormons uh, through their website. I think it's lds.org. And uh, I got kicked out of their chat room a few times, but um, <coughs> I had sent an email. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I had sent an email about, uh, uh, I don't know, five, six weeks ago to um, through their website and requested a Book of Mormon. Told them that I was a Christian, um, but that I was interested if they could send me a Book of Mormon. Actually, I have it over here in my bookshelf. And uh, here it is. And I just assumed they might, you know, send me one via the mail. But uh, no, they actually, uh, while I was at work a couple weeks ago, they showed up uh, at my front door and wanted to speak to Jason Mullet, and they had a Book of Mormon for me. And I was at work, so my wife uh, said, well, uh, next Tuesday... 
she called me actually while they were still here and asked when I wanted to meet with them. So um, we set it up for this last Tuesday and um, two nice young men showed up at our house and we had a great time of going through scripture, comparing scripture to what the this monstrosity perversion Joseph Smith produced um, and compared that to the infallible word of God and uh, had a great time. They were here for uh, over an hour and a half, and uh, I actually did record the conversation. However, um, Florida is not a uh, one-party consent state, so I I won't make that publicly available. Um, If somebody does really want to hear that, I could send you a private link to that, but I'm not going to publicly make that available. Um, It was in my own home, so there might be some legal issues there, so... Not going to deal with that, so I won't be putting that out on the podcast or the YouTube page, but um, we had a great time, and um, those of you that have uh, seen, I do have actually an article on my website addressing Mormonism, and it, <clears throat> and in fact, many of the arguments that I used with them were from this particular article. <clears throat> now, it's a great resource there for you. Um, It's just the article. Let me uh, transition here so you can see it. Um, The article is just entitled Questions to Ask Mormons. And I just go through here. I have a series of about, uh, let's see here, about seven seven questions. Yeah. Uh, And a couple defensive uh, questions uh, because of some things that they may tell you. Um, But uh, I actually went through three or four of these uh, with them. And we just had a great time. Uh, I, you know, we're just. I, I, my, my uh, prayer would be that uh, that you would remember them in your prayers, um, and uh, ask for God to bring them to repentance and faith in the true gospel. Uh, the younger one, there was there was two of them. One had been doing this for about uh, it was almost two years, and, and the other one was relatively new, about six months or so. And the uh, the younger one. Uh, was much more open. He uh, he accepted my challenge. He said that he would he would read the Book of John and Romans and compare it to the uh, the Book of Mormon, uh, which was the one of the challenges that I gave them. So uh, maybe another episode. I'll kind of go over um, how that conversation went and how I dealt with uh, some of the different arguments. Um, but I want to kind of wrap up in this episode. Um, I want to kind of wrap up something that we've been kind of doing. We've really been focusing on the the last uh, quite a few episodes on uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and and um, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. And so I I want to kind of bring this to a little bit of a close. Um, we're we're going to kind of go away from this, but I I want to kind of end it with. Um, dealing with one of the issues yet that I think needs to be dealt with um, with the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses uh, because you may encounter this and so I want to equip uh, equip you out there with uh, <clears throat> with how to deal with this and, and this is their perversion of John 1 1 so I've done a lot of studying on this and um, have written an article uh, on it and uh, so I thought um, <coughs> Excuse me here. I thought that this might be um, be helpful to you. So, 
I'm going to transition the screen here, and uh, we're going to take a look at um, this article. It's uh, recently posted. It's entitled, Does John 1, 1 Teach That Jesus Is God? And so I want to just be able to equip you. Um, uh, my encouragement would be when you do talk to Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, as my um, my article that I do have on questions to ask Jehovah's Witnesses on the website does note is is my encouragement to you is is don't go to this text uh, when you talk with them. Uh, you're not going to convince them uh, through this text. But the reason I wrote the article was I want to be able to equip you um, in case uh, they bring it up. <clears throat> And uh, that way you can know how to properly address this. So um, what um, if you're not familiar, what the Jehovah's Witnesses have done with John 1 1 is uh, I'll just read the verse in the ESV and then I'll tell you what they've done with it. It says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So in all modern translations, good translations, um, they note and definitely translate demonstrating that the word was eternally God. Um, And so what the Jehovah's Witnesses have done and the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society has done is they have translated the last phrase in John 1.1 and instead of saying, and the word was God, they translate it, and the word was a God. Now, the justification they'll give for this mistranslation is they will say that the um, the last um, uh, theos, which is the Greek word for God, um, in the last phrase there in John one one is what's called anarthros. If you've ever heard that term before, um, anarthros means that it doesn't have a definite article. And I'll explain to you what a what a definite article is. I'll, I'll explain it first in English, so that way. You know, and I have an example in the article, so I'll just give the same example here. But um, <clears throat> if I said, if I told my wife that the dog dug a hole in the flower bed, my wife would understand by the use of the definite article the, that's a definite article in English, that I'm referring to a specific dog, and probably I'm even referring to our own dog if we own a dog. If maybe our neighbor had a dog, and he's the dog we always talk about, I might refer to him as the dog. But the use of the definite article denotes a specific definite dog that I'm referring to. If I told her that a dog <clears throat> dug a hole in the flower bed, I would be using an indefinite article. A or an in English is an indefinite article. Um, so I would be saying that a some dog dug a hole in the flower bed, but I'm not exactly sure what dog. I just know that a dog dug a hole in the flower bed. Okay, so that's what an article is, and that's what the difference is between a definite and an indefinite article. So that's why when they translate it and they say a God, it's an unspecific, it's not referring to the eternal, unchanging creator of all things, Jehovah, the Father. Um, It's referring to just another deity, just uh, there's some ambiguity there. He's just a you know regular lower level general god, <laughs> whatever that is. Um, <clears throat> and that's one way that you could even approach it with them. But um, 
is it, it develops a huge amount of problems and inconsistencies uh, once you take the position that, that the word uh, was a God or Jesus was a God. But what they will say is that uh, the term theos in that last phrase is anarthrist, meaning that there is no definite article before the term theos. Um, so therefore they are justified in translating it as a God instead of with the definite article, the God. <clears throat> or just in English, we would just, uh, there's a difference in how English uses the definite article versus Greek. But uh, we, we will look to see if this really holds any water at all. Let's um, scroll up here and kind of show you the Greek here in the text. Um, <clears throat> um, this here is the actual Greek rendering of John 1.1. 1, 1. And we'll just we'll we'll go over this and just break it down. We have, um, we have NRK here, which means in beginning, uh, in Greek, and then we have ein ho logos. So here we have a definite article. We have um, an omicron here, which uh, is um, is before the noun logos right here. Uh, determines uh, is a definite article. So we have a definite article here before the term logos. So this would be literally translated, if you would do a literal rendering in English, uh, NRK is in beginning, ain is, is were or was, and then we have <coughs> the definite article ho, and then logos. So, so the first phrase is in the beginning was the word, is the or not in the beginning, just be in beginning was the word, is the definite uh, literal translation of the first phrase. And then we have our chi, which is and. So chi ho logos, right here. So we once again have a definite article here in front of logos. So we have and the word. So the literal rendering would be and the word. And we have ain again, was. And then we have pros, which would mean with or um, against or face-to-face, -face, um, but literally would translate as with. <clears throat> and then we have um, uh, ton, uh, theon, which is um, uh, another rendering of, of theos. Theos, theon are, are both God. And we have here in front of theon in the second uh, phrase here in John 1 1 is a definite article. It's a um, masculine uh, definite article, um, but there is a definite article before this. So the, the correct rendering would be chi and uh, ho, uh, the definite article, logos, word, and then we have ain again, was, and then we have pros with, and then we have ton, which is our uh, definite article, <coughs> and um, right there we have ton, and then we have theu, or theon, I'm sorry, um, proston theon, uh, was with the god, um, is how you would literally render that. And then the last phrase, and this is the contended one, this is the one we're going to be talking about. We have Kai and and Theos, God, was Ain, the word, Hologos. 
So if you see here, the Theos right here does not have a Ho in front. It does not have an Omicron in front of Theos. So <clears throat> what they will say, well, there's no Omicron there. There's no definite article. So therefore, it's a god. Well, here's the thing. In Greek, there is no indefinite article um, like we have in English. There is no A and AN in Greek. There is only um, the definite article, and there is 24 different forms of that definite article. You know, it has a feminine form, masculine form, um, multiple different forms of the definite article. <clears throat> so um, the one thing we also have to be aware of is that uh, Greek and English grammar is not exactly the same in how we use definite articles. For example, in um, <clears throat> if, you, if you notice in the literal rendering here, um, we actually said in the second phrase, and the word was with the God. So we don't say that. We would just say, and the word was uh, with God, not with the God. So the use of the definite article varies in its usage. So it doesn't mean that it's not definite in English. For example, <clears throat> if I use a proper name in English, for example, if I said Bob stopped by the house today, I am I am using Bob in a definite sense, but I don't have the definite article the in front of it. Now, that's different in Greek. A proper name or noun would actually have a definite article in front of it. So those don't always translate literally back and forth. So the argument, though, that the Jehovah's Witness is giving here is saying there's no definite article in front of the the last theos in in theos ain ho logos, and so therefore the word was a god. Okay, well let's just see if that really holds any water. If we just even look through the remainder of John 1, just John 1. I mean, we can go to other texts too. But if we just look through John 1, there is four, yeah, four other places in John 1 where theos, theu or theon, is not, does not have a definite article in front of it, but yet the New World Translation doesn't translate it there as a god. Um, <clears throat> let's look at John 1, 6. We have, uh, in the English rendering, I'll highlight it here. <clears throat> in the English rendering, we have, um, there was a man sent from God, uh, which is Paratheu, whose name was John. Now, if you notice Paratheu here, uh, if you look up here at the Greek, um, does not, there's no definite article in there. So, if the Jehovah's Witness is going to be consistent in his demand that because there's no definite article in John 1, 1 that we have to translate it as a God, then they would need to actually translate John 1, 6 as there was a man sent from a God whose name was John. Now, they don't do that because, once again, <clears throat> they use the context to determine what the use of theos, theu, or theon is uh, based upon its context. And uh, so they, they don't do it here. And in John one twelve, we also have, um, <clears throat> we have uh, here, but 
To all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now that is a proper translation. But if you notice here in the Greek, we have technon theou. We have technon theou. And notice, once again, no definite article. So if they're once again going to be consistent, they would have to translate this. But to all who received him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of a God. Um, in John 1.13, we have um, who were born uh, not of... Um, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We have um, ek, which of, and we have theu, agonethesan, if I can pronounce that right. It's a long word. Agonethesan, which means we're born. So it actually, of God, we're born, is the literal rendering there in the Greek. But notice we have ek, theu, agonethesan, and we don't have, it's not ek ho theu, agonethesan, it's ek theu. No definite article again. So in John one thirteen, once again, if we're going to be consistent, <coughs> it would have to be rendered, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, um, nor of the will of man, but of a god. Just makes it uh, rather humorous in how the text renders if we're going to keep using this this rule and and Arthurus um, Theu or Theos has to be translated as a god. In John one eighteen, here's a really interesting one. We have <coughs> the father here specifically uh, referred to with an um uh with an Arthurus um uh, theos. So it says here um, in John 1.18, no one has ever seen God. We have Theon here, right here. We have a new here at the end instead of a sigma. So we have no one has ever seen Theon, God. The only Theos, here we also have once again, this would be referring to the word. The only Theos who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. <clears throat> so, both the Father and the Word here are both referred to in the same verse here with indefinite, well, not indefinite, but just with an anarthrus, theos, and theon. They're not referred to here with, uh, there's no definite article before either one. So in John 1.18, they would have to translate this, no one has ever seen a God. And then the only God, lowercase g, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. It just turns the text on its head. It, uh, this, this translation is just doesn't hold any water whatsoever. In John 3.2, <clears throat> we have, uh, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God. And here we have apu theu, from, apu um, theu. Uh, for no one can do these signs unless God, and here we actually do this God right here, 
the last term uh, use of theos here in this verse does have an omicron in front of it so it is it does have the definite article so there we have ho theos um, unless uh, God is with him so if they would translate this correctly they would have to say this man came to Jesus by night and said to him rabbi we know that you're a teacher from a God for no one can do these signs unless God is with him <clears throat> so once again in this text here we see that in the context you can't split this up because he's saying rabbi you're a teacher from a God no one can do these things unless the God the definite creator of all things is with him it it it's it uh, tears the context apart which is exactly what it really does in John 1 also it just renders the text really meaningless now is there a reason that that John did not use a definite article um, before theos in the last phrase of John 1 1 and the answer to that is yes there is um, the reason that John <clears throat> did not use both the definite article in front of Logos and in front of Theos in the last phrase of John 1 1 is because if he would have he would have been saying that these terms are synonymous that they are interchangeable so if he would have rendered it if we scroll up here to the the Greek text here and if he would have said Kai ho theos ein ho logos, so in other words, if he would have inserted the omicron in front of the theos and, and put the definite article there, Kai ho theos ein ho logos, if he would have done that, he would have been saying that the word was God, but God was also the word. And so there would be no distinction between the persons of the triune God. So since the Word was God and all of God was the Word, that would also make the Father the Word. That would make the Word the Father. Um, this here would, would throw on its head the consistent teaching of the New Testament that there is a distinction between the persons of the Godhead. So not uh, while... All members of the triune God, all persons of the triune God, are fully God. They're not all one-third God. There is a distinction between um, the persons of the Trinity. And what, what John is doing here by using this specific language and careful language here in John 1 is he is being careful to avoid language that would promote modalism or sibelianism. Modalism is the belief that there is one God and he simply manifests himself in different modes. He has different manifestations. Um, that there is only one person in God. <clears throat> and that he <clears throat> extends himself into his creation in different modes. That This is a heresy. Um, and uh, so... John is being very careful here to avoid this. Um, a well-respected uh, Greek scholar, D. Um, or A.T. Robertson, um, made this comment about John 1, 1, which I want to read this, because uh, this, is, this is really good. Um, and he goes and he compares it to um, <coughs> uh, two other texts 
where we have two we have a, a, a noun and a direct object being compared to one another one without the definite article and one with in a demonstration that these terms are not synonymous so um, <clears throat> we have here um, in uh, D.A. Robertson or, or not uh, A.T. Robertson statement here it says and the word was God um, <clears throat> this is the Kai Theos and Hologos um, here in John 1 1 by exact and careful language John denied Sibelianism by not using Ho Theos and Ho Logos <clears throat> this would mean that all of God was expressed in Ho Logos and the terms would be interchangeable each having the article the subject is made plain by the article Ho Logos so we got the subject in the sentence and the predicate without it <clears throat> um, theos um, just as in John 4 24 here's another example we have pneuma ho theos can only mean God is spirit but not spirit is God <clears throat> by the fact that we don't have ho pneuma ho theos we simply have pneuma ho theos um, and in 1st John 4 16 we have um, ho theos agape estein uh, can only mean God is love not love is God it doesn't say ho theos ho agape estein it says ho theos agape estein can only mean that God is love not God not love is God and then he says here as so-called Christian scientists would confusedly uh, say for the article with the predicate See uh, Robertson Grammar, page uh, 767F. Uh, so in 1 John 1 4, ho legos, logos, sarx agento, agoneto, uh, this is in John 1 14, the word became flesh, <coughs> not the flesh became word. Uh, Luther argues here, John disposes of Arianism. Um, also, because the Logos was eternally God, fellowship with the Father and the Son, what Origen called the eternal generation of the Son, each necessary to the other. Thus, in the Trinity, we see personal fellowship on an, an equality. And this is from um, uh, A.T. Robertson's book, uh, Word Pictures in the New Testament. So, what we can see here <coughs> is that there's many places in the New Testament where we see the term theos used without a definite article and the justification for translating those as a God is ridiculous, turns the text on its head. So there's no necessity from Greek itself and Greek grammar to require, as the Jehovah's Witnesses will claim, that we actually translate John 1.1 as, and the word was a God. Um, if we actually look at the rest of the context of John 1-2, we can see in John 1-2 that the Word already existed with God in the beginning. So he has eternality, he has transcendence um, <clears throat> outside of creation. In John 1-3, uh, we see that everything that was created was created by the Word. Everything, everything was created by the Word. 
in John in Isaiah forty four verse twenty four, it says that Yahweh created the universe all by himself. It actually says, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself. Um, <clears throat> so it says here that Yahweh is the creator of the universe all by himself. If the word is a separate ontological being, a separate being, lesser being, lesser God of some sort, um, that created the world with Yahweh, then Yahweh did not create it all by himself. The word is the source of life. Also in John 1, 4, um, we know that God is the source of light. So once again, the word here is taking upon attributes of God. In John 1, 6 through 8, the word was light. We know of in the Old Testament as God being light. Once again, an attribute of God. Um, <clears throat> and we see here in... Uh, that John the Baptist was sent to bear witness of that light in verse, uh, uh, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. If we actually go to <clears throat> Mark 1, 3, it says here, it's a quote from the Old Testament, actually, from Isaiah 40, verse 3. It says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord, making his paths straight. If you notice here on the screen, you'll see that Lord is all caps, or it's uh, it's kind of rendered a little differently here, which indicates it's translated from the term in Hebrew, yod he vav he which is Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton. So John the Baptist was preparing the way of yod he vav he Yahweh, um, <coughs> which is the unspoken name for God. So we can see Jesus here is Yahweh. In John 1, 9, uh, we see once again that the word is the true light. Uh, in John 1, 12, it says he gives people the right to become children of God. This is an action of deity. No created being gives the right to people to become the children of God. Only God can do that. <clears throat> in John 1, 14, we see here that the word receives glory from the Father, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So He's receiving glory from the Father here. <clears throat> but we see in Isaiah 42, 8, that Yahweh says once again, once here the Tetragrammaton, Yahweh, I am the Lord, that is my name, I am Yahweh, and that is my name. My glory I give to no other. He doesn't give His glory to any other. So if, once again, the word is a separate ontological being, then, then Yahweh is violating his statement in Isaiah 42, 8 that he doesn't give his glory to any other. But if Jesus is Yahweh, then there is no contradiction, there is no problem. Um, <clears throat> and then in John 1, 18, and this, we already went over this text in the, um, uh, when we looked up at the Greek there, but it says that, um, no one has ever seen God, the only God who's at the Father's right uh, side. He has made him known. <clears throat> As I noted before, that both of these words in this verse, and this is probably the best verse to go to if you're talking to a Jehovah's Witness, is uh, point out to them in John one eighteen 
that none of the the terms theos and theon in this verse have a definite article uh, before them. So even the father here is called theon without a definite article. So they would have to say that no one has ever seen a god. So as we look here contextually, there's no justification for their misuse of this text. And um, and they're simply destroying Greek grammar uh, by even making this claim that it is necessary for them to translate it this way. It's just uh, it comes from their presupposition. Uh, they're applying their presupposition to the text and forcing it onto the text. Um, <clears throat> this article here also, um, we have uh, I have two other articles, one from CARM, where uh, Matt Slick uh, talks about uh, this. Um, he's got a little bit shorter article on it. Um, and he gives a good argument there on how to deal with um, also John 1.1. 1, 1. Um, <clears throat> and then we also have... Um, um, James White has an article uh, at AOMN.org um, on John 1.1, 1, 1, which goes much more in depth than I uh, did, and he's way more of a scholar than than I'll ever even imagine to be. Um, but um, you can go ahead and check these out. I just hope that um, this article can kind of clarify this issue. If you've ever wondered why the Jehovah's Witnesses do this and maybe give you a little bit of ammunition in how to deal with it, um, if I were you, I would just go to John one eighteen and simply just point out that um, <clears throat> Theos and Theon in that are also in Arthurus, and so there's just no justification um, at all for them to uh, to be demanding this of John one one this of the text when um, uh, there's just uh, it, it just really turns translation um, of the text on its head. Um, everywhere else uh, in so many places in the New Testament so um, I think uh, I think that's all we're going to see if there's anything else on my agenda today I don't think so so um, <clears throat> I think I covered everything that I was going to um, just want to remind you uh, once again uh, we'll probably cover next week maybe some of my conversation with the Mormons and we'll maybe go over my article uh, on questions to ask Mormons. And um, so if you want to use that as a resource, I mean, if you're talking to Mormons, just just pull that article up and just go through the questions with them. Uh, it, it'll be very, very helpful to you. Um, that's my prayer. So um, thank you guys for, uh, for joining us today. I um, hope, uh, once again, this was of some benefit to you. And uh, God willing, we'll be back with you next week. And uh, we hope to see you then. God bless. Don't you know that the unjust Will not inherit God's kingdom And through Adam's offense Condemnation came to man And so